You are listening to Cindy Uncensored Bible Podcast with Cindy Parker. Well, hello, friends and neighbors and fellow Bible students. We are doing the Spiritual Warfare series, speaking about the unseen world, and today's session is the story of Satan. So in the last one, we talked about the Divine Council, and today we are talking about Satan. So at some point in history, a magnificent and powerful divine being was created by God. He was filled with great wisdom, full of splendor and beauty, and perfect in every way. This being was given a prominent position and much prestige and blessings, but he abused his position of authority and he started a rebellion. That has shaped our life today and it is still at work, and we all know this being as Satan. So we're not given a lot of details, but there is some good information in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And in both places, the chapter starts out speaking of a human person of authority and then progresses to address the evil authority behind that human. And we're going to read the first example in Isaiah. I, it's Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 20. And I think instead of reading all of the verses, I will read you my summary of the important points of, of that passage. So what do we learn about Satan from this passage in Isaiah 14? Yeah, Isaiah 14. We know that he has fallen from heaven. He has been cut down. He laid the nations low. He wanted to set his throne high above God's throne, above the stars of God. Now the stars are often used to express heavenly principalities or princes. In Job 38 and 7, it's referring to the divine council and to the stars to the Elohim, to be exact. He wanted to sit in the Mount of Assembly in the far reaches of the north. Now, the ancient pagans believed that the gods, the idols, the false gods, lived high on some mountain of the north. And I believe that when we read of this divine being, who wanted to sit in the Mount of Assembly in the far reaches above of the north that this is another acknowledgement that there are other gods and he wanted to sit high above them as well he said i will make myself like the most high but then it also tells us that he will end up in hell that he was the man who made the earth tremble who shook kingdoms who made the world like a desert who overthrew its cities and who did not free his prisoners. So that very obviously sounds like Satan, because who else do we know that wanted to sit in a throne high above the throne of God? And there are people, uh, there are scholars who believe that this is not speaking of Satan, but I don't know 
how it could be describing anyone else. So now let's look at Ezekiel 28. We're going to be talking about verses 11 through 19. And the first part of this chapter is doing the same thing that it did in Isaiah. It's talking about a human ruler, and he's called the Prince of Tyre. And then our passage, starting with verse 11, is speaking to the evil divine being behind the Prince of Tyre, and it is obviously Satan as well. And uh, these are words spoken by Ezekiel, in, in verse 11, he says, The word of the Lord came to me. So God gave these words to Ezekiel. And I'm going to summarize them as well. And you can just go and read in Ezekiel 28, verses 11 through 19. So what we learned about Satan in this passage is that he was called the signet of perfection, the seal of perfection. He was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. He was in the garden of God. Some um, translations say in Eden, and I do believe that he was, uh, that Eden was part of the garden of God because you'll remember that uh, it says that Adam and Eve were in the east of Eden, of the garden of Eden. So I believe that the garden of God was, um, could have been fairly large. I also believe that it was where heaven and earth overlapped and God's heavenly family was there as well as God and Adam and Eve were placed in the east of the garden. It says that he was covered in beautiful gemstones and gold settings and engravings. And it actually says that the gold settings and the carved engravings were prepared for him the very day he was created. So to me, it sounds like God intended, created Satan for this wonderful position that he was given um, among the highest of the angelic beings in heaven, the highest of the divine beings. It says in this passage that he was an anointed guardian cherub placed on the holy mountain of God. So he was among the highest of the divine beings in heaven. He was blameless from the day he was created until sin was found in him. And as a result, he was cast from the mountain of God and from the midst of the stones of fire. And the stones of fire, that passage is only mentioned in the Bible twice, and it's in here in Ezekiel. And no one is really sure what that is referring to. It said his heart was proud because of his beauty. His wisdom was corrupted because of the pride over his beauty and, and the pride of what a prestigious, wise, and beautiful person he was. Because of the multitude of his sins, he will be consumed with fire and turned to ashes. He will be no more forever. So Satan was of the highest rank of divine beings. He was extremely wise and cunning. And most likely, he was very intelligent and influential. 
because he had to be intelligent. He is very wise as he comes against us, and he's had thousands of years to observe mankind and to know their weaknesses and how they act, and he uses that knowledge against us. Um, at some point, Satan began to take his eyes off of God and began to look toward himself. He fixated on his beauty and his wisdom, and his heart began to fill with pride. And this pride led to a desire to rule in place of God, and it led to his downfall. And it was Satan's free will to choose to do evil, because the absence of God always leads to evil. And he chose disobedience and pride, and it destroyed what God created as perfect, just like with Adam and Eve. They chose disobedience and pride, and their action led to them being removed from the presence of God. So some people believe that Satan fell long before Adam and Eve, and he snuck back into the garden as a, as a snake. Some people believe that he was still in his position when Adam and Eve were there. And his sin culminated in the deception of Adam and Eve. I believe he was hoping for a mutiny to go along with his own rebellion that he was planning. And this theory, which is the one that I find most likely would explain why Eve was not surprised when a snake started speaking to her. I believe that she saw him as the cherub that he was, at the cherub that she was familiar with. And she knew of his wisdom and his special place of honor. And she listened to him. And then she had a decision to make. And we know that she made the wrong one. But... We can't know for sure if that's how it happened, but what we do know is that he still is fighting us. He still exists on earth. He is still seeking to destroy mankind, and he is still seeking to get revenge on God. So one more thing I want to talk about, and that is his name. Now, Lucifer has been understood to be a proper name of the devil, and it has to do with the Latin translation of the Hebrew term Hillel, H-E-L-E-L. Hillel, if, and you will find it in the Strong's Concordance, it's H-1984. It means to howl. It means uh, to have a sound, uh, to make a show, to boast, Um. Uh, to be clamorously foolish. So, but it also means to shine. So, I think we know that in his sinless state, in his uh, divine being state in heaven, in his glorified position, he did shine. Um, he was full of glory and he, he was a light bearer. And that was a definition of him, a light bearer. And that is what the, the Hebrew word Hallel means. But I believe that when he lost his position, he is no longer considered a light bearer. 
He is no longer shining as the day star or the sun of the morning. That describes what he used to be. But the word Lucifer came from the Latin language and it means light bearer. So the, the King James, when it was translated from the Latin translation, um, they just used the word Lucifer. And so the name Lucifer was created in the King James translation. It is not technically his name. And actually, Satan is not technically his name either, although tradition has um, called him that. And tradition during the Bible days. So let's talk about that just real quick. The Hebrew word that comes out, Satan, means that which opposes or that which goes against. Uh, Strong's Dictionary or Concordance defines it as an opponent, uh, the arch enemy of good, the adversary to withstand. So in the Hebrew scriptures, the fallen cherub is called Ha-Satan. It means the Satan, the adversary, the arch enemy of God. So now we just use the word Satan. And, and that first happened in, I think, First Chronicles. And in the New Testament, they, he is referred to as the evil one, um, as the devil, as Satan. So Satan is probably, most likely, not technically his name either. And so we don't really know what his name is. But the evil one fits him pretty well, I think. So that's all I have on Satan. Um, we are going to talk extensively how he operates and how he battles against us and how he uses our weak areas and how he uses our mind and our thinking uh, to get victory over us and to keep us from claiming the promises of God. So I am going to put a link below the video to a video by the Bible Project called The Satan and the Demons. And it's just about six minutes long and I highly recommend that you read it. I believe it will make this probably clearer than I made it. So, we will see you in the next video. And we're going to be talking about the Nephilim pretty soon. But we're also going to be talking about uh, ancient Jewish documents that have more information about the Nephilim and the fallen angels from Genesis 6 than what the Hebrew scriptures have. So those are the next two videos and I will see you then. Have a good evening.